welcome to episode three of the Amplified Marriage Podcast. Today we're talking about the power of the tongue. Words don't have the power to hurt you unless the person who said it means a lot to you. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. My name is Natalie. My name is Brian. Thank you so much for joining us. Wherever you are, grab a coffee, sit down, have a seat. We are going to be having a conversation today about the power of words. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but these five phrases will definitely hurt you. That's right. Something that we have learned in our marriage, the things uh, and the power and the destruction that words can just kind of have on your marriage if you're not careful with what you're saying. And so here's five different types of words that we think that... uh, and, and the, phrases. And that we've said. That we've definitely said and may have said as uh, early as last week. So we are going to be going, or a couple hours ago. So just join us for this conversation. The very first one we want to talk about is always and never. Mm-hmm. Never, ever <laughs> use always or never. Does that even make sense? It does. It does. And it's so true. These two words in particular... Um. Are I think what I used for everything that I did wrong. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) You would always tell me like you never ever take out the garbage, and I would literally have been coming down the stairs sometimes holding an empty garbage bag and be like, "I I got the garbage out," and you're like, "But you never do it." Yeah, and once or twice missing sort of like the (laughs) garbage or whatever doesn't equate to an always or a never. Yeah, and always. Or never. Never yeah. means you've never, ever touched something and you've never actually physically done it. And always means you always do that. That's right. And then it it always points back to an unmet expectation. Absolutely. So we'll use the garbage as an example. If, you, if I never say to you or I haven't vocalized, hey, I would really appreciate if you would take out the garbage. I don't want to have to do it. So could you. Um, if I've never asked you that, then you don't know that that's an expectation. Absolutely. Right. So then I'd throw something like that in your face. Uh, and like, there's no way that you could, there's like, there's no way you can come out of that. No. And the thing about always and never, uh, statements is they're generally used or almost always used in an accusatory or argumentative manner. You're not using it in a, hey, you always love me, and these are just nice things. No. You, you you never say mean things. You're like, no, no, you always don't love me, and you never say the right words kind That's of right. kind of attitude, right? Yeah. And so you end up breaking down um, the communication because you're being so defensive, and you're always defending your position, and you're <laughs> never listening to what the other person is saying. That's right. I think we said it in the last podcast, or one, one of the last couples, is that uh, people... And in marriage, couples are oftentimes listening with the intent to answer, not to really hear. That's right. And an always and a never statement is definitely one of those things that is uh, uh, you're listening to uh, to answer, not to actually hear what the other person is saying. That's right. And I think, you know, if we're going to give other examples, you never spend time with me. (laughs) I think that we've thrown that out. Well, I've thrown that out multiple times over the 19 years can we just say that we just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary whoop, whoop. on tuesday it was 
fabulous. And somehow we've never spent time with each other in those 19 years. <laughs> yes. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe early on. <laughs> that was one of the classic, my needs weren't being met. And that was the sort of like a manipulative way of communicating with you in hopes that by my saying like you never, you always would get you to change that behavior somehow. My personality does not roll that way. The more you try and control me with language or with even with action, sometimes I just rebel and mm -hmm. that did not bode well. I didn't handle those times very well. Like no. As soon as you said those things, I would rise up and just be angry and frustrated and I would never make that any easier. Yeah. And so we've learned how to overcome those things. And it's not that we don't say them. They still come up. Things, you just say things sometimes in the heat of the moment where you're frustrated and you're angry and you say things like always or never. It's, it's going to be a thing, but you really want to work hard to move your language and take those words out of that language. And what's the next one, Nat? This is your favorite. Calm down. I have... Oh, this just makes me want to punch. <laughs> so this is something that Brian has said to me multiple times over 19 Thousands. years. <laughs> Thousands of times. It just makes me want to punch him in the nose when he says wow. that. Because nothing makes me want to calm down more than being told to calm down. What? You don't like it when I tell you to calm down when you're having a moment? Right. So, uh, one, uh, so our oldest is 15. <laughs> and when he was little, I was... I don't know, overreacting about something, I'm sure. And he must have been, I don't know, four, four and a half, five years old. And he came and he put his arm on or his hand on my arm. And he said, mom, chill. And he had his little hands up, like, relax. It's okay. And I, I looked at him being the adult in that situation and uh, just started laughing. And it was what it took to kind of break the tension of however I was feeling, probably overwhelmed. We had three kids at that time. In that one moment. Yeah. I feel like I was a real slow learner with this one because um, I'm kind of, I'm I'm high, I'm intense. I'm kind of an intense dude. Yeah. And well, you know, one of our podcasts will be about our Enneagram types, <laughs> which for all of you, if you don't know what an Enneagram is, uh, we'll explain that to you. But look it up because it's real and it's helped us 19 years in. I wish we would have known our personality types prior to absolutely but i'm i'm a pretty intense guy yeah, but i'm are. i'm also not one to just um freak out and, no. and get really excitable like natalie natalie is, is very up when something's good when she feels like it's been no justice or something like that she goes up or she lost her keys and and there's this moments where i've not handled the whole calm down and what happens with the calm down is when you say that you're not making that any better. You're not no. chill, calm down, take a chill pill, whatever you want to say. You're not helping that at all. And the problem with that phrase is that it actually leaves your partner feeling like unheard mm -hmm. and completely put down because you're not actually taking the minute to think about their feelings in that moment. Calm down is about you because you're annoyed about how they're responding to the situation, not really about what's going on with them. That's right. Right? Does that make that make sense? It is. And I think, too, it's helped us over the years for me to communicate, hey, in this particular moment, I am venting. I am not wanting you to fix. To explain it, though. To whatever, be like, hey. Yeah, to get that to that place where yeah. I can let you know. If you tell me to calm down, somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> Someone's going to get hurt real bad. And it's not going to be me. <laughs> well, and to 
Yeah, I, I'm. We, we have learned that now, and it's and she's learned to tell time. me through the uh, time that we've had to discuss her expectations about telling me I need you to listen. Yeah. Or I need you to fix it because honestly, men are always first task oriented. We're going to be going to fix the situation, and so she's learned now that she's having a tough day. Something happened at work, or something happened with one of the kids, and she needs me to listen. Not to respond and try and, hey, here's five solutions in order to fix this, but yeah. just here. That's and, right. And you've way, like over the years, way better at saying, you know, how can I, how can I help you in, in this moment, right? <laughs> that might be your saving grace is just saying, how can I help? Because you're not dismissing their feelings. You are coming to kind of be that, the helper without the fixer. Yeah. And you need to be, sometimes I need to be the fixer and sometimes I need to be the helper. I need to be the listener and, right. and not just automatically and just, assume. And just acknowledging, hey, I can see that you are really upset. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not about, you know, it might get to that point where where we get to a place of being able to calm down. But in that initial moment, if your first response to me, if I'm all riled up is calm down, uh, it just escalates. One of the uh, ones that is actually just kind of a force of habit sometimes in this busy world that we live in is I'm busy. I'm busy. Right. When you're sitting on your phone playing Best Fiends, I'm busy doesn't count as being busy. <laughs> I play Best Fiends, so what are you saying here? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. We've talked about Best Fiends many times. Or when I'm playing video games or I'm watching YouTube or... There's things that if I have to work, I'm generally just saying, hey, look, I got to spend a few yeah. minutes doing an email. I don't, I just need a, like half an hour of, of quiet. Please just give me that. Um, but if I'm just sitting on the couch watching YouTube, there's really nothing on YouTube or social media or Instagram or Facebook that is so overly engrossing that you dismiss your spouse with the words, I'm busy. That's right. Um, if you're too busy for your spouse, you're too busy. And we believe that the priority in the relationship is each other. Mm -hmm. uh, they were here before kids, and so your priority is still over your children is each other and That's making right. time for that. And uh, and I think it's important to to speak that and to say, say that. that, like, hey, I'm not, I you know, I have this that I have to. I know it seems like you know I might be ignoring you. I'm not. I just have this deadline that I need to work on, and whatever the situation might be, articulating. What you're doing, I think, was a long way so that it's not just sloughing your partner off. And in that situation, when you are articulating your point, tone definitely matters. Yes, for sure. Communication, there, there's communication in your tone, your body language, your eyes, your face, your mouth, all of it. Tone really matters in that moment. Right. Um, and if, the, you're, if your default setting is always, I'm busy, right? How, you know, our default setting could be always no. Just anyone ask you something is no. Uh, in this particular case, if, if your answer is always, I'm busy, I think it's time to evaluate. Are you really busy? Are you just trying to tune out? Are you trying to um, escape because you're coping with, you know, job loss or whatever, right? Like things that are going on. Yeah. Just owning what's actually going on again. And we talked about it even just a couple of seconds ago. It's about articulating your point. I need to focus on this and it's about communication and letting 
your spouse know what that expectation is. Mm-hmm. Here's the word that every parent with a teenager or has watched any kind of television show that immediately wants to do the Homer Simpson choke on their child when they hear these words. Mm-hmm. And it's even as dangerous to use this word with your spouse. And it's That's like, right. whatever. And what follows that is, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whenever your wife says, I'm fine, 99.9999% of the time, she's not fine. That's right. Yeah, that's that's some uh, old man wisdom for you that are listening, that are younger and have been married for just a little while. If your wife says you're, they're fine, they are probably not fine. And you're going to want to maybe just pay attention to some signs that are going on around you. That's How many right. times have you ended an argument, Natalie, with whatever? Too many to count. Um, and it's so, it sounds so juvenile, but there are times where if I feel like you've come at me, kind Hard, of, yeah, like, like a bull in a china shop. Which is sometimes my default. Then my response typically is something like whatever <laughs> uh, because I haven't had time to process that's right what you've done it doesn't make it right no but also in those moments me coming like a bull in a china shop wasn't right either yeah um, sometimes you just have to to own up to your who you are and the mm-hmm. things that you do and I heard this uh, when I was doing some research today whatever is the enemy of reconciliation the immediate response of almost anyone, when you hear your child say it, oh, whatever, mom, you just want to... to Smack them. <laughs> yes, you want to move forward in the said discipline or discussion that you need to have next. Yeah. But whatever is the enemy of reconciliation. As soon as you say that in your marriage, in the way that we're talking about, when you say yeah. it like that, they immediately shut down, no matter what side of the party that says it. That's right. And it's so dismissive. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, and I think sometimes... A, you know, in the past, I have said it in order to not have that conversation continue. Right. Right. And you just wanted it to end and you're hoping that I'm going to leave it alone, but yeah. I'm not a leave it aloneer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, we're going to fix this now, which is another conversation that we're, we're going to get to. Um, but when you use these things, the, the scripture, First uh, Corinthians 13 comes to mind. Love never quits. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered and always perseveres. Whatever is the enemy of that reconciliation when you have that kind of issue. That's right. So it's not a bad word, but it's a bad word when you're using it in this particular context. That's right. And here's one that uh, we discussed and have used, or Natalie has used. I think you... Yeah, because like not so much now this many years in but definitely within the first five to, or first seven years of marriage i would throw this next phrase out like every whenever argument? I every had a argument chance. yeah oh it made me so mad and the phrase is you're just like your dad oh and here's the thing is that uh, I, my dad has some really great qualities. She wasn't picking on those ones when she was saying, she's like, Oh man, you're, you're really good with people and you just love to, to help and work with your hands. She wasn't saying those good things about no. my dad. She was picking the things that, that me and my dad have struggled with, with just communication or being bullheaded. Mm-hmm. We're both stubborn. She'd pick on those things and it was never about all oh, the good qualities that dad had. Like I'm stubborn and bullheaded. I still am stubborn and bullheaded. I have 19 years of marriage to be able to temper that a little bit, right. but 
when she said that, it was instant whatever. And the, the, it was instant rage. It was instant rage. And then she, I was upset and she was having to tell me to calm down. And that happened. So all the things that we just went through with, you always are like your dad. She, she went from there to I had to calm down. And then I went into whatever. And then I wanted to talk to me. She's like, I'm busy because I want to do anything else but deal with the situation. That's right. And I felt like at that point, my feelings were being hurt constantly and my needs were being unmet. And so I just wanted to hurt you back. You were, you were And looking... I knew what to use to hurt you back with my words. And your words were so sharp. Yeah. That, um, and I, I also, I don't think I had that thick of a skin anyway. I think um, my self-esteem was probably low. It was low. I didn't think very much of myself, highly of myself. I mm -hmm. wasn't being the man of the house. At that point, we were just fighting, and so whatever you could throw onto right. the flame, I did. I, you did, mm -hmm. and I took it to heart. And it just it we had to deal with these wounds way later in the, in the That's relationship, right. um, and patch those things up. And I didn't care at that time that I'd hurt your feelings because my all. feelings were hurt, right? And so I think hurt. one of the things that you'll hear us talk about a lot is being accountable. I was a I am accountable for everything that comes out of my mouth, like towards you, towards others. I'm accountable for that. Right. I need to own it. And it wasn't until several years down the road before it finally, I, I realized sort of the effect that like, I know I have a venomous tongue and I know that my tongue can be a double-edged sword. And I know in one breath I can build you up and in the next breath I can tear you down. Right. Yeah. So, um, just being aware with your words and what it is that you are using against your spouse with your words. Yeah. And one of the ones that's kind of wrapped up like in this particular uh, phrase, you're just like your parents, is the other side of that, which is, I wish you were more like right. person X. Right. I wish you were more like Greg or I wish you were more like Jeremy or I wish you were more like you know, Chris, my boss at the time, or I wish you were more like, and I was being compared sometimes to, and you didn't do it very often, but those times I'd be like, what's wrong with what I'm doing? Not realizing I was just a horrible husband. Or like someone else's husband. Um, I remember one year, <laughs> our first wedding anniversary, and uh, my brother and sister-in-law got married three weeks before us. And so for their first wedding anniversary, oh, it was just lavish gifts and this, that, and the other. And I don't even think I got a card from you. Yeah, I was, I was not good at being married. For our first anniversary. And it was devastating. And part of me was like, why can't you be more like that? Or we'd watch a, you know, those romantic comedy yeah, movies and rom -coms. where, you know, of course, everything they put out there is how it's supposed to be. And it just really bothered me that you weren't like those actors, right? In the yep. movies, it just really, it kind of reminded me. It was like an in your face of what you, and you would say it sometimes you could have yeah. or what I could have, but I really don't. Yeah. Right. And yeah, and I was being compared. And the truth is, is no one likes being compared to somebody else. No, it, it doesn't matter if it's Brad Pitt or Matthew McConaughey or one of the guys, Freddie Prince Jr. I'm old. 
Chris Hemsworth. Like, let's yeah, get real right? here. Like, I don't want to be compared <laughs> to Chris Hemsworth. You know, like he's, I think he's even a couple years younger than I am, but he's Thor. And I'm just a 41-year-old white dude from Canada. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's just, it's not the same. I don't want to be compared to that. No one does. Natalie yeah. doesn't want to be compared to famous movie stars. Like, the, no. and we would never, now we would never do that. And she didn't often say it, but comparison really breaks the heart because it then does. you feel like you're not enough. And the real truth is, is that my wife isn't a thing. I'm not going to compare her like I'm buying a new car. Like I want to look at the RAV4 versus what the Honda has to offer versus mm -hmm. Toyota. She's not that. I'm not going to trade her in for a different model. We got married for life. It's 19 years. But comparison, if that is your mindset yeah, and your heart set, mm -hmm. that will crush the relationship. Especially if you're just thinking it and you haven't vocalized yet. It's just a matter of time before you actually say those things out loud. That's right. Because out of the heart, the mouth will start to speak. Yeah. And what's in that heart, if it's venom and comparison, that's what's going to come out. And your spouse is really, or your partner. Yeah. If you're in early dating or just early engagement, be careful with the comparison game because who God has for you or who you're dating now, and if that's who you're going to get married to, that's who you've chosen. That's right. You got to remember too from our last podcast when we were talking about being totally alone and not having a support system there was no one to kind of bounce our thoughts off of we had like no accountability anywhere right. and so it was just you were my target and it's not like i could phone someone and be like hey like you know unload what's really going on and then have that person be like mm, i think you're i think you need to take it down a notch yeah. or right maybe you should come at it from a different angle there was nobody and so just whatever i thought came out yeah and it and it really was devastating absolutely and so let's just do a quick recap the number one vocabulary just to slowly work out of your vocabulary comparing yourself uh and the words that you use to your spouse always and never Try and take those out of there. Say That's you really right. need their help that you're struggling with. Or when I say, hear you say those words, again, it comes back to unmet expectations. You need to clearly articulate your expectations within the relationship. That's right. And don't be afraid to say, well, hold up now. When you, and fill in the blank, I feel this way. Yep. Instead of saying, you always make me feel this way. Right? That's not that's not the right way to go about it. Number two is calm down. Try not to say calm down to your spouse or your partner, your relationship. In, in the heat of the moment. In the heat of, you may want to be able to, to have the relationship. You can say it later. But in the heat of the moment, that may not be the right. most valid or important or wise thing to do that's in right. that moment because it may just be crushing in that moment. And you can say things like, hey, I can help you with this. Or can we just take a breath and just slow things down That's right. a little bit and just say it from your point of view. Hey, let's just take a break. Yeah. Or just validating the feeling. Absolutely. I can see that you are upset. What can I do to help? Yeah, absolutely. I'm busy. Are you? <laughs> How's Best Fiends treating you? Right. <laughs> are you really busy? I think I'm, that... I'm a great tuner outer. Oh, I tune out real well. <laughs> yeah. I got I got the the man the man years going on here. I got that that I'm in my nothing box. Right. But the I'm busy thing is it shows your partner that you're not in your spouse. You're not invested and that what they're doing is more important in the moment than what's actually happening That's with them. Right. 
The other word that we want to take out is... Whatever. Whatever. All I hear is <laughs> surf dudes every time I hear that. It's not a bad word. It's just a bad word when used in the context because it just... Um, it explains or stops the conversation, stops right. the argument, and you invalidate everything that's happening with your spouse. And you just dismiss it. You just dismiss it. And if and if you can recognize that you're doing that, that's like the first step, I think, in just acknowledging, hey, like, why is it that I always deflect? Absolutely. And the last one is, it's kind of a two for one. I wish you were more like, insert, right. compared person in to make yourself... Uh, to make your spouse look bad or you're just like your whoever whoever happens to be the one in the relationship that you're trying to poke that's right <laughs> poke the buttons at right like i'm to be your biggest cheerleader and you're to be my biggest cheerleader, absolutely right and so the words that come out of our mouth should should really support that absolutely so we just those are the five things i'm sure i have 20 that we could probably talk about um, but we're just going to stick with those for now. And just remember this, everyone. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered. That's even right. though your spouse knows the exact thing. To make you mad. To make you <laughs> mad. And love always perseveres. And so thank you so much for joining us once again for the Amplified Marriage Podcast. We're so glad that you could be here with us. If, in fact, you have an idea or a thought or you want us to talk about Questions? a particular thing questions please send uh, an email to amplified marriage at gmail.com we would love to have some engagement with you.